Hey, it's Greg Hoffman from Take Command. And the best part about podcasts is they create a 25th hour in the day. Whenever I'm commuting, metro, car, even when I'm riding my bike around town, although in that case, one earphone only, safety kids, I'm always listening to podcasts. And this offseason, you can get all the insights, all the news, all the analysis, and Logan and I occasionally make a joke or two in the Take Command podcast on demand so it fits in to your busy schedule. Follow Take Command in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your pods. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Podcasts. Take a man podcast from Odyssey Sports. That is Logan Paulson. I am Greg Hoffman. Uh, Chick Hernandez again going to join us at the back end of the pod. So uh, you and Chick are on the call with B. Mitch on yeah. Friday. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, you you had all the production meetings and stuff today. Uh, what are you expecting offensively, defensively, snaps, strategy, whatever you can share uh, top yeah. line items as you walk out of the meetings. Let's start with the offense. You walk out of the meeting with EB, uh, you sprinkle in whatever Ron said. What's the most interesting thing to you to look forward to on Friday? Yeah, I think the most interesting thing is just like the standard, the standard that they're trying to see from the guys. And it's kind of like what we talked about earlier in the week, like how it's not going to be perfect, but they, you know, they want to see how guys handle adversity. They want to see how sharp it is. They want to see the tempo. They want to see the finish and the strain that's required to be a good football team in the NFL. And I think that's something that I can totally get behind. And as a coordinator, like at a much different level in high school, like that's something you're always looking for is do the, do the athletes, do the, the players that you're coaching understand what it takes to win. And we've talked a lot about the practice tempo, the practice energy and how they're kind of cultivating this environment of strain and grind and like mental, um, you know, kind of mental fatigue. And I think this is going to be an opportunity to see if it's paying off, right? Because like one of the things about this type this type of practice structure is if you're going at 100 miles an hour at the game when you have to go 85 or 90, everything's fine, everything's really smooth. So I'm ex- I'm, I'm really curious to see how the guys, how hard the guys are playing, the level of detail, how crisp it looks. I think that's something that I, I I'm hoping to be pleasantly surprised by. Is you know usually that first preseason game, there's always even with the one, the ones there's like a holding, there's a formation, and I think because of the standard that that's been set here by UB, I think that's something that we shouldn't see. So I'm expecting it to be very, very crisp. I'm expecting those guys to be, you know, if it looks good, I think they'll get out, right? I think that's totally that's kind of what we were saying before, right? Like if it, and that's kind of like standard operating procedure for offenses. If you look good, you're out. If it's if it's not looking as crisp, you're going to get some more time on the field, and I think that's kind of what we were saying on uh, whatever day that was um, to Wednesday, right? We were saying that on Wednesday or Tuesday, whenever we last talked about it. Whenever, I, whenever we did. What's yeah. a day? Who knows? Yeah, yes. Right. So I, I expect it to be that that's, that's kind of what I'm looking forward to is aggressive physical football. That's very, very detail oriented. And I'm hoping that the team delivers because that's what they've been showing in practice. And I think that's the standard that he set. So hopefully they can abide by that. 
Yeah, no, I agree. One of the things I'm looking to is how quickly Sam gets the ball out. Um, it feels oh, yeah. like he's held it a little bit longer in practice, and it's actually something I've been meaning to ask you, uh, so I will do that now. Have they been working on more down-the-field stuff, potentially some situations where it's like, Sam, don't hit your first read. We're going to want to work deeper in the progression. It does feel like the ball has not come out quite as quickly the last couple of practices, but I also know that the the coaches have said like they're very sharp. They've made some plays, so it's not like they're not yeah. producing. But it hasn't been, and it, again, like we always talk about, how this, what's the setup of the drill, and sometimes yeah. it's kind of hard to tell in real time. Sure. Um, but it, it, like, has the ball been coming out in a manner that it's supposed to, uh, based off the drill, from what you can tell these last couple of practices? I would tend to agree with you slightly that he has been holding the ball a little bit longer. I think a little bit of that is like the situation they did yesterday. They've done like two days of, of like red zone, one low red kind of goal line, and one like mid red mm-hmm. zone. And those situations tend to be tough, tight window yeah. throws. And those have been interesting, just to interject real quick. Like they'll, you know, they'll say like they run eight plays and like seven of them, it'll hold the ball because that's what happens in the red zone. And then the other one, it's like one man show option route. You are throwing the ball as soon as that guy breaks and praying. And you see that route and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And then, you know, other than that, it's, it's the hold it and see if a guy can shake loose. Yeah, absolutely. And so I think that's part of the reason why he's been holding the ball a little longer. Obviously, like I think I just think the defensive backfield is doing a really good job, too. You know, like and and as much as we want to be like Sam, like get the ball out, like there's times when you're watching practice and you're like, there is literally nowhere to go with the ball that that you feel really good about. You know, like there's there's throwing windows and there's lanes, but it's like that's tight. And, I, you know, maybe you don't want the quarterback making those types of decisions and they're just getting better and better at matching stuff and I'm talking the defense here. And so the fact that he's holding the ball, I kind of think honestly, like when they go up against Cleveland, like it's going to be easy for Sam easier in terms of finding throwing windows, finding lanes, because they're going against a group that's super dialed in right now. Like the pass rush is great. We haven't talked about Jamin or um, Cody Barton for a couple of days, but Jamin has been excellent in coverage the past couple of days and really making a ton of plays and tight coverage and matching the back at a high level. And Cody's, you know, doing a great job. So, like literally everybody on the defense is playing well. I can't think of one guy where I'm like, man, I wish that dude was playing better here. He's not meeting expectations. So he's going up kind of against the juggernaut in practice, which is something we've talked about. So even though he's been holding the ball a little bit longer, like to your point, I would expect that to be a non-issue in the game because I think yeah. you're going to see sim- simpler coverage structures. You're going to see, um, you know, kind of day one, day two install stuff. Cause that's kind of the standard, you know, for preseason game one. And I think, um, you know, I think that's what you're going to see is, is, is you're going to see a more efficient, more on time, Sam Howell, I would, I would assume. Yeah. I think it's been interesting too. Cause they, they did um, give Sam some reps with the twos the other day and, yeah. and, you know, never to keep his reps. At least I'm guessing it's to keep his reps high, full complement of them while also letting Jacoby get a little bit of work with the ones. And I do sure. wonder if Jacoby will see some work with the ones in the preseason to let him operate a little bit behind that one offensive line specifically, but I guess we'll find out on Friday, but um, you know, the two defensive backs are like Danny Johnson who's played a lot of NFL football, Quan Martin, right. Jeremy Reeves, Percy Butler, like Rashad wild goose is out there. Who's also out there a ton with the ones sure. like these DBs are good. When you get to the threes, like Jake Fromm, I think, is having a good camp in part because the guys he's throwing to, like, they've got 10 receivers that could make the roster, like, are worthy of yeah. making the roster. Yeah. And after you get to, like, the the next, that three-level, four-level DB, that's where there's a, a 
decent yeah. enough drop off that you're like, oh well, yeah, that's that's better. But like the two DBs have looked great. Um, the depth back there, and and it also I think is important to point that out because a lot of these guys like Aquan Martin, like a Rashad Wild Goose, even Danny Johnson and Christian Holmes, like they have rotated their corners enough in camp that some of these guys are getting reps with the ones um, yeah. just to kind of get that practice. And there's not a drop off, and and that just shows the the togetherness, the communication, the understanding of the scheme, the understanding of the responsibilities, not to mention the individual skill level pretty far down the depth chart of that back seven. Yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, obviously that first group, the first, you know, like St. Juice, Fuller, yeah. uh, Forbes, Cam Curl, Forrest, then obviously there's a, like a dabble of Percy Butler, a dabble of Wild Goose in there. That group is is awesome. And then as you kind of, again, like you said, as you move down, twos are a little bit less efficient. Threes are significantly less efficient, right? So it kind of moves in tiers. So, you know, Sam's going to go going against the ones the whole time. And that group is, is really looking very, very sharp. So, um, yeah, I, I think this is going to, that, that is going to be a little bit of a relief for Sam, you know, when they get to the game. And I'm, I'm kind of excited to see, as I just, I generally think that they've been operating the offense. Now I'm talking about operating, operating at such a high practice standard that when they get to the game, it'll feel easy for them. And I think that's kind of one of the objectives of, of this new practice tempo and structure. Uh, how much do you think he will play? How much do you think he should play? Um, you know, I don't know. It's first preseason game, so probably something like we've been talking about. You know, if it goes well, probably not a lot. If it goes poorly, more. You know, like I don't have any exact number, but like, you know, every team I've been on, that's kind of what it's been. You know, it's so funny because the coach coaches don't usually tell players, but when they do, it's like, oh, man, we got a series. Great. And then the series is a three and out for the offense, and the coach is pissed. And the OC is like, we need to go back out there. You go back out there and it's like a five play series sequence. And it's like, that was, that was bad. Let's do another one. And it's like, and then you end, you get your seven or eight play drive that ends in a field goal or a touchdown. It's like, okay, that was good. Everyone wants to end on a good note. So if the good note happens right away, great. Everyone's excited. If the good note, good note happens later, it's going to happen later. So, and I think it's the same thing for the defense. Like everyone wants to come out and feel very confident about the product they're putting on the field offensively and defensively. And if, and if it happens right away, Twos, put the helmets on. Let's go out there. Let's play a lot of football. If not, I don't even. I don't know. I don't think they'll make it to half because I think it's so early in the preseason. Yeah. But I think it could be longer than people think potentially. I kind of hope so because I didn't get the chance to ask Rivera about this. I don't know. If, I don't know if people knew this. Uh, we may have spent a few minutes on at the start of the podcast. There were other things that were discussed the past couple of days, <laughs> um, but I didn't get a chance to ask Rivera how he's going to handle the preseason. In in total, uh, which is something I was hoping to to ask him, but he did kind of oh, answer right. it in part in other questions. Um, and he said, like that third preseason game, don't expect to see starters. And mm-hmm. I was like, that's interesting because, as we've talked about on the show, you typically don't get a ton of game reps after you joint practice against a team. You know, I kind of think they are. Like, I feel like they're going to practice kinda, against yeah. Baltimore, practice against Baltimore, play against Baltimore, and that is again different than the way they handle it. And that might be in part, you know, I don't think that business decisions impact football a ton, but like it is the only home preseason game. So maybe they want to get them a little bit more action, um, you know, getting used to FedEx field, whatever the, the routines and how everything is there. Like, I don't, I don't know. Obviously it's the first game of the Josh Harris era, but like that should not impact your preseason, but I have no idea what goes into to some of these decisions. 
Um, and it could be any number of factors. I tend to think it's just like, hey, we're going to handle this like the regular preseason. And I would argue that that's a small mistake and not a catastrophic one, not one that's going to impact the season um, like in any major way. But just I would say that's not optimized. If it was me making this decision, I would do some in this first game, very little in the second game, a ton and not a ton, but like a play a half in the in the final game sure. in part two, because you have two and a half weeks at that point until your first regular season game. And I don't want it to be almost a full month of no football right. um, against another team. But it does sound like they're going to handle this like most teams have handled the preseason since the change from four to three, where they're going to play some this week, more next week, and then very little. And it's kind of on the roster cut guys uh, to make the team in week three. Yeah, well, I think it's important for, you know, you and I to remember that they probably have 44 roster spots pretty penciled in right now. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, more. yeah, I'd say 40, I'd say 44 is a reasonable number with maybe a couple question marks. So let's say a solid, a solid 40, 42 for sure, for sure making the team. That's like 10 slots you're working on right now, right? So over the next couple of weeks, like if they get those 10 slots really like ironed out and you know exactly what's going on. Like I want them, I want I don't want any of those guys playing, right? And everybody else, all these young guys can play and have a great time and get some film in that third game. And I've been a part of teams that have done that, like since kind of the new CBA was when I kind of identified that as a thing that was happening more. So, um, you know, as much as we want to see guys and they got to get reps, like they're taking 100 reps in practice on the regular. Like they're getting a ton of reps. They're looking sharp. Um, and so just do what you got to do to get out of the sucker healthy, I think is, is ultimately what it boils down to while making sure you're prepared for week one, you know, like where right. is that tipping point? And um, so I think that'll be, that, that makes what Ron said makes sense to me. Um, yeah. Even though, even though like kind of from a, from a preparatory standpoint, it kind of would maybe make a little more sense to get maybe some more reps in the third game. But again, maybe the risk isn't worth the, the reward. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, I just, I think we get, like, if you're going to play a little bit more in one of the two, right, with the second or the third, I think there's this, like, I don't know if it's, it's like a cousin of recency bias, if you will. I don't know what the, what the exact terminology I'm looking for here is, but like, oh, if it happens in the, the if it happens earlier, then it's better. Um, as opposed to like, oh, you're so close to the season now, you made it this far, sure, how could you? And sure. It's like, they're the same reps. What's the difference if they happen in week two versus week three versus like from a ramp up optimization for the readiness on the readiness side of the equation versus the risk side of the equation? Like, I actually think the readiness side gets helped. Again, I'm talking about, I don't know, I'm talking about the margins here. It's outside the box. Nobody does it that way. Anytime you do something the way that other people don't, there's inherent risk of you looking like an idiot. It's easy for me to sit here and say this stuff into a microphone. It's not my team. I don't have a new owner that's looking at my every move and, and examining my job for the future. Um, but it, it is one of those things that everybody does it the same way. And I'm not actually sure that it's the best way, but I also understand kind of why it happens and don't think ultimately it's that big of a deal. Sure. I agree. Um, I agree. Last, last thing for us uh, before we, we talk to Mr. Chick 
or I talked to Mr. Chick. Uh, meetings today. Woo, schedule. Not great. Yeah, uh, not great. Who's your who's your August hero favorite? There's one of these every year yeah, where it's like, question. who's the guy who wins August? And then you're like, man, I don't know. He makes the team and then you don't see him again until next August. Yeah. Um, gosh, I think there's a couple guys that like are. Let's shout I, them out. Let's do yeah, it. Let's, so let's do offensive guys first. Obviously, there's the the two offensive linemen we've been talking about. Uh, John Smith, the guard, and Mason Brooks are guys that I think are playing good football right now. And obviously, you know, the preseason game is going to be, be a big deal for those guys. And, um, you know, if you want to cut another guy in that group that I think for sure going to make the team a little different category, is Chris Paul. He's had an excellent, like, past five days of practice. And I think you look at the receivers, and obviously the top, like, John's been the best. But then you go down the depth chart, you say Dax is good, Deami's been good. And then those four young receivers are all doing a good job. You know, Casimir Allen's been getting small reps with the twos. You see how explosive he is. You see Tinsley kind of, again, you see his polish. The production hasn't matched that yet. You know, in terms of him getting a lot of catches in practice, but he's he's very he's made sharp. a couple. He's he, his catches have come in the end zone, which yes. is not a bad place to have them. Right, right. But it's not been like it's not been like uh, you know Bryson Tremaine who catches like three three uh, three balls in a practice. You know, or Sample who's catching. It's like it's a very specific time for for Tinsley. But I do think he's like maybe the most polished receiver. So it'll be interesting to see kind of that group of guys in the preseason who differentiates himself, who's on teams. But I think. They're really lucky. I mean, I don't know. All those guys were undrafted free agents, and they're all doing a really good job. The tight ends, obviously. Uh, Cole Turner is a special football player. He's going to get a lot of burn. I'm curious to see how much he actually plays. We'll see. Yeah. Curtis Hodges, I want to see play a ton. Yeah, he has uh, not had a good camp. I actually, when I did my latest roster projection, I do not have him on right now. So it's interesting because I think he's – it's so funny, man. Like his – like we we got – this will take like five seconds, but – the stuff he's doing in line is good. The stuff he's doing from a route running standpoint is good. It's just, I think you're, what you're referring to is the lack of consistency in finishing, which we've talked about mm -hmm. for the last like 10 days or so. So can, does, does getting him in a preseason environment change that for him? You know, and the other guy who's had a really good last couple of days is, um, is Dylan. Is that his name? Yeah, that his 46. Name? yeah. He's actually done a nice job. And like, I thought he was no way in hell he's going to make the team. But again, eyes on both those guys for the preseason, that kind of, Flushes out the offense, in my opinion. Um, obviously, Chris Chris Rodriguez. But in terms of guys that I think really could be big burners, those young receivers, those young offensive linemen, and uh, one of those tight ends, I think is going to step forward and make. So I'll plays. take I'll take uh, Mason Brooks is going to mop somebody. Uh, and yeah. I'm I'm big Mason Brooks fan, uh, as is everyone <laughs> else at this point. Uh, and I'll go with Tinsley. I think he's going to score yeah. once or twice, and I think he's got he's got big like. The, we called it the Rashad Ross Award uh, last year. I think we yeah. can continue that because I like that old, old Rocket Ross. That was that guy crushed the preseason. Uh, so I, I'll go Tinsley, uh, and I'll go I'll go Mason Brooks. That's a Kill very him. solid yeah. two. I think that's a good two. And then I think you know you always have to say, you, have to, you yeah. always let me just say you have to say a running back always because yeah. like they get like a thousand carries at some point in the season. So I'm gonna say Christian Rodriguez, Chris Rodriguez has a has a one yeah, big game. You know who I think has got big, big potential to be like Jared Patterson a couple of years ago? Gore. I think it's Nick Gore, 38. Oh, yeah. New yeah, kid yeah, they yeah. signed for, who's <laughs> played for EB in Kansas City. Yeah. You want a guy who, like, is the EB model of every single play, if you're the ball carrier, you sprint to the end zone. It doesn't matter how many guys fake tackle you because it's camp and nobody actually tackles because they're not allowed to uh, right. and they're not supposed to. He finishes and, like, 
he's quick. He's fast. Yeah. Like I could, I could see him getting a lot of carries and doing well with them. Yeah, I, I agree for sure. So defense now. Is that we're doing? Yeah, let's hit hit a defense. I don't know what I don't I don't have a guy that's like. I mean, in a way, it's like the Jeremy Reeves Award. He just kept making the team, and all of a sudden, he's he's the first All Pro they've had in a yeah. decade. Um, but who's who's the all who's the the all preseason team nominee? So just going by position, I think Andre Jones has looked pretty sharp in practice the past couple of days, and he kind of looks like that guy. And he's a guy like you know Marcus White. Remember Marcus White from back in like 2011 or 2012, like big athletic yeah. defensive end who has like two sacks and a forced fumble in a preseason game. Like I could definitely see that happening for him. KJ Henry is doing better, you know, like uh, and he's fifth round pick, maybe he kind of sparks and comes to life. Those keep an eye on both those guys. I'm higher on Andre Jones. I actually mentioned him on the show today. Um, and then uh, linebackers, I think Milo would be a guy. Milo, Kalik, but Kalik's kind of already established. Yeah, he, he, you can't count. You can't count Kalik. He's like, he's going to make right? the team and might start. Yeah. Um, and then on the back end, golly, I feel like there's a young safety that's been really doing a great job, and I just cannot remember. Oh, number – Number 41 from Illinois. Uh, DJ Sturgis. Kendall Smith. Isn't that the guy from okay. Illinois? Is that his name? Uh, 41. Kendall Smith is 40. 40, yeah. So 40. Yeah. And uh, he has flashed a little bit around the ball, but he was also very productive in college. So I'm kind of hoping that he's a gamer a little bit and comes up with like a turnover or, you know, a big hit or something. And, um, yeah, those are guys from the back end that I'm kind of like, that that's one guy just because of his college production. I'm like, just circle that guy and see yeah. what happens. Uh, apologies to Derek Gore, Derek Gore, not Nick Gore. Uh, oh. Some uh, old 38 running fast, last name only Gore. Uh, first name, <laughs> Derek. Apologies there. Uh, I got two guys for you. Uh, I, I shouted out Terrell Burgess the other day. I feel like yeah. he's got a good shout out. Camp. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what he does. But a guy that I keep just like, who's that big fella rumbling down the field, making stuff happen. Abdullah Anderson, big 92. Dude, he has been flashing a little bit. And he's a guy. Like, Wait, who's that but he, guy? But he's played football. He was on an active roster last year. He was on Atlanta's roster, wasn't he? Uh, I don't know about that. He's thir- like he's got three years of experience. He's 27. So it's not like he's yeah. a super young guy. But like yeah, I can see him making a couple of plays. I mean, I mean, Gore's 28. Like, yeah, that's a good point. It's not necessarily a young guy who's who's going to be – like a future player. It's just like, who's going to be good in the preseason, you know? Yeah, that's a and, good... Uh, uh, I'll go I'll go Abdullah Anderson, big old 92. But he he is a guy that he flashes in one-on-ones, and you can tell, like, he's a guy that... It was like me, actually. You know, he's got a lot <laughs> of experience that's going to be playing with guys who are not as good later in the game and could have a lot of explosive plays going against, uh, you know, a less experienced offensive line. Um, but I will say, this is something I wanted to point out before we end. Cleveland Browns offensive line... Very deep and very good. So they got some guys, and they're yes. Callahan coach, aren't they? Yeah, uh, they are Callahan coach. So a lot of chip help, a lot of play action, a lot of heavy jump sets, all that kind of stuff. So it'll be a good test, I think, for the for the, for the ones, the twos, and the threes. And William, our producer, just said sixteen games yeah. started. So I don't know if he qualifies for what this award. Yeah, right? maybe not. Maybe not. But like he's he's definitely on the the line of making the team. So like I think right. in that but way like, it counts. Yeah, but it's like he's you know he's. He's been in the league, you know. Sure. That's my thought on that. So maybe pick another one. You know, well, I don't. I don't have another one. That <laughs> He's a guy. He qualifies because I didn't know his name before camp started, and now I do. 
That's Correct. my qualification. He does, he, and he does, he does, he does flash. Yeah. Oh, um, what's his name? Uh, there's another guy we should shout out. Uh, 79. Uh, uh, Benning? Benning? Yeah. He, and again, he was on the team last year. He played some games. Yeah. But he's a guy that I think on the defensive line, in addition to those two edge rushers, that could make some waves because of his play style. Very aggressive hands. Good athlete for being a, a bigger guy. Um, so he's a guy, yeah, I'd circle him too. If you're looking for a guy maybe a, with a little bit less experience than Anderson. So there you go. All right. Uh, let's talk to uh, Chick Hernandez and then we'll come back, wrap things up here on Take Command. 